Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tessler of Wrestling.com here to talk about WrestleMania backlash and a very eventful news day here on Monday, uh, May 17th. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot going on right now in the world of wrestling. It's a very fun time to be a fan for, for WWE and beyond. There's a lot going on. Uh, first, I'll be talking about WrestleMania backlash and then shortly I'll be joined by our WrestleZone's own Dominic D'Angelo to talk about the news of the day. Before we do, just want to remind you all of this show, like everything we do here at WrestleZone is available on any number of streaming platforms or at SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Maybe we've got you covered. Sleeve so like, subscribe. We appreciate you. So, WrestleMania Backlash was a show that was a lot better than it had any right to be. You know, on paper, this this was a show that really didn't have a lot of buzz going into it. It wasn't, you know, I, the match. Yeah, you know, you could say the matches were probably going to be good no matter what. But you know, heading into it, it felt like kind of a dud of a show. You know, you could joke about it being WrestleMania backwash. You could joke about it being very redundant or. Uh, you know, repetitive, just kind of coming off WrestleMania, and yeah, some of the matches were like were intriguing. Of course, Roman Roman Reigns Cesaro, the 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 men's title match on Raw for the WWE Championship, the the Raw Women's Championship got a lot more interesting when they added Charlotte Flair. All these things, you know, it was interesting, but at the same time, it did feel like a show that had the potential to really be a, at least somewhat disappointing. And thankfully, it very much overdelivered. Um, I talked about it uh, in, in an editorial review last night that we ran this morning. And uh, now I got the chance. Now I'm getting a chance to talk about it uh, live. And based on a comment from Nestor Curse, we'll talk about one of the very, uh, very utmost controversial things on the show. Nestor Curse, friend of the show, saying that she liked the, the, uh, the zombies we saw last night. Now, uh, that's a sentence that I didn't expect to be saying um, when talking about a WWE show. But yes, the zombies were on WrestleMania Backlash last night, and it wasn't just a, a minor thing. No, they had a very important role. The zombies were the lumberjacks for the, the Damian Priest Miz match. Um, yeah, this was this was something else. We we got zombies uh, attacking Damian Priest and John Morrison, and it, on paper it made sense, right? It's it's a promotional thing uh you know for for batista's movie you know and the the army of the, the dead i think for with zack snyder cool you know that makes sense he tweeted about early in the day he narrated the opening video package you know cool i, I love batista but batista's the best and you know this, this is a good thing for him uh a good promotional thing fine like and this isn't necessarily even like the these things happen like promotional things are part of wrestling and that that is fine um, and one of the, the silver linings is that, as Nestor Kerr says, yes, it, the, 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 uh, putting zombies out there was different. Doing the, the kind of horror movie you know, presentation was different. Um, so there is that, right? You know, I talk about it on the Raw Show of John Clark all the time. WWE often uh, does these things that are just redundant or repetitive or it feels like they do the same, the, the, the same things over and over again. They haven't done zombies a whole lot. So at least there's that, uh, you know. Like there, there is a, a silver lining to be had there. Uh, th at the same time, you could argue that you know different isn't inherently good. You know, you can do something different and still be bad. Um, and I, I will say, I'm someone that, that loves horror movies, so it's not like I inherently dislike supernatural things or or horror movie things. Like you know, I think there could be a, a fun way to do this. And you know, plenty of people would say that, oh, you know, don't take it so seriously. This is a lighthearted thing, and you know, that's fine. Um, for me, this is more, I have a problem that I guess it's twofold. The Miz was WWE champion two months ago. Uh, and Damian Priest is a guy that's very much this rising star on raw. And I don't see really how this helps him when the match that he's in on, on this pay-per-view, uh, you know, is kind of, you know, commandeered, I guess, by, by the zombies. Like everyone, it's, it's the, the day after the show, everyone's talking about the zombies, not how Damian Priest won. And to me, that's not 
necessarily a recipe for success. You know, I'd rather be, be here talking about, oh, Damon Priest just beat a, a former W champion again. And, and even like putting aside the zombies, you know, this feud had been kind of redundant. We saw Priest beat Miz several times and you, you know, he beat Morrison, Morrison twice in two weeks. Uh, I would have rather seen a little a little more direction there with this teased uh, dissension with Miz and Morrison or something. Um, but yeah, like I, I will say I did not care for the zombies myself. If you did more, more power to you. I respect the, I respect you for, for finding that, that positivity there. Uh, definitely something that uh, I guess we as wrestling fans really tend to need, right? I feel we're hit, sitting here a lot of the time uh, upset about one thing or another, but you know, the zombies were different. Um, and yeah, like even the, the fact is, even though I didn't like the zombie thing, I still enjoyed the show a lot more than I thought I would. So I don't want to sit here and burying the zombies, pun intended, uh, for, for too long here because it was a very fun show. I liked it a lot. Um, again, I, a lot more than I expected to. I usually in, in this pandemic era, a lot of pay-per-views tend to be, um, you know, on paper when you head in the show, it feels like they're lackluster and then more often than not, they knock it out of the park. And that, and I thought this was, you know, one of those times that that kind of, stretch of good luck might be uh might be running out you know where it seemed like a, a genuinely lackluster show and yet again i was wrong you know the matches delivered uh over delivered really really just top to bottom up even even with the the the, the zombies there um you know i i was very pleasantly surprised and just to one more note about the miss morris and, and priest thing here yes as, as nestor Kerr says i very much hope the story is over i have a bad feeling that we might get just a little more uh of a follow-up tonight whether it's a rematch or uh, who even knows at this point Miz and Morrison showing up like zombies I don't even know um but yes it is it is very much past time to move on from that and to to send Damian Priest on to bigger and better things whether it's contending for the U.S. title whether it's I mean I guess that feels like the, the best direction for him but you know there there, there are any other things he, he could be doing on Raw that do not involve the Miz or John Morrison at this point um so we'll, we'll wait and see what happens John Clark and I will be talking about the uh whatever happens on Raw tonight after the show in our Raw post show so make sure to tune in for that right after the show we'll be live talking about everything that happens over on the red brand uh but just based on the comments here let's shift over to the universal title match as Nick Fun says a Cesaro would have had it would have had the title um so Cesaro faced Roman Reigns in the, in the main event uh definitely a, a different spot for Cesaro a guy that's been you know under, as I said every week underutilized underrated um and finally, he's getting the spot. He beat Seth Rollins WrestleMania. He's getting, he's finally getting this chance. And I, I for one, am very excited about it. I'm a big Cesaro fan. It's great for him. Uh, he's been booked very strongly, you know. And I think one knock on WWE is that they tend to really not uh, present baby faces very well. I think Cesaro has actually been booked like a good baby face, and and that is uh, pretty much an exception to the rule in WWE these days, you know. At, at one point, Drew McIntyre as a W champion, he was booked pretty well. Then that kind of lost, you know lost its edge a little bit. Uh, but Cesaro's been doing like they've been really you know on the mark with Cesaro here. Uh, and even heading this match, I did not think Cesaro would win. And some people predicted that he just might pull off the upset, and he didn't. But this match was very good. You know, Roman Reigns continues to be just on fire. You know, whether it's his, his promos, his in ring work, his character work, whatever it may be. He is just really on, on a remarkable run right now as the champion doing amazing things for the title and for uh, himself as performer here, just with uh, just routine, uh, amazing performances. So I really do uh, commend him for that. Cesaro put on a great performance as well. This was a great wrestling match. Um, you know, a great main event for, like I said, for a show that really because it was kind of lined up to be disappointing. And then the matches really did exceed my expectations. So it wound up being a pretty darn good show. 
Um, and you know, I, I know many people were disappointed to see Cesaro lose, but um, I, and I, I will say this kind of like the zombies, this is a little divisive, you know, he did lose very cleanly, you know, there was no interference, no, no shenanigans, nothing. This was straight up. He passed out in the guillotine. Uh, and on the one hand, I think that's good for Roman Reigns. I've said it before on the SmackDown post show, but for this guy that's supposed to be this dominant, you know, really imposing champion, a lot of the time he relies on interference or blatant cheating to win and retain his title. This time around, he did it all by himself. He didn't even cheat. He just went out there and beat Cesaro. Uh, so as much as it may hurt to see star lose like that, he did still put on a very good performance and held his own with this, with a dominant champion in, in Roman Reigns. So that, I think that, I think that is good for him in that sense. Um, you know, he, and he did, I should point out, he got attacked by Seth Rollins after the match. Seth Rollins came down when, after Jey Uso attacked Cesaro after the bell for a split second, I thought we would get to see, uh, Cesaro, uh, sorry, I, I thought we were going to see Seth Rollins turn face, something I've been kind of lobbying for over on the SmackDown post show. Uh, that did not happen. Seth attacked C- Cesaro instead. So instead, it looks like we will, um, you know, be getting even more of a, of a Seth and Cesaro feud here. We've been getting that for months now. They face off WrestleMania. Cesaro will be Rollins shortly thereafter on SmackDown. It looks like this feud will continue. And that's what uh, Sev Varvar, I'm sorry for not pronouncing that right, is wondering. Yes, it looks like we'll be getting at least one more match with Seth and Cesaro. And when you have two very, very talented wrestlers, it's hard to complain too much. But, you know, just like the Damian Priest feud here, this does feel a little tired. Um, in this, in this sense, like I, I, it felt like a kind of an odd choice for the the, the show closing angle. I thought we would get um, something with the Usos or you know something like that, just something kind of a, a little more exciting, a little more dynamic to close the show. When you, if you're going to do an angle like that, and, and having Seth Rollins attack a guy that he's already feuded with and lost to twice, um, you know, a little questionable in my book. But I, I can't, uh, I, I won't really judge it until we see what does what happens on Friday. Uh, I do. I, I'm liking this at least interaction between Seth and uh, Roman Reigns because we hadn't really been seeing that um, recently, and now we're finally getting some hint of whatever's coming there. And Nesha Kerr is saying that uh, she's guessing that Seth and Roman are together based on that ending where Seth kind of confronted Roman seemingly, but then he laughed and he attacked Seth. Uh, he, Seth attacked Cesaro instead. So maybe they're they are in cahoots, for lack of a better word, or at least uh, you know aligned in even in a, in a vague sense uh sean smith saying seth knows who the head of the table is i mean maybe this is just as simple as seth kind of acknowledging the champion uh not even officially aligning with him but just saying like hey you know you're the champion and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna sh- i'm gonna show you what's what by kind of like taking out taking out your 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 enemy here you know even after reigns beat him fair and square you know maybe trying to curry some good favor there maybe um but I'm just I'm waiting to see what happens here. You know, this was a very good match. I was disappointed to see uh, Cesaro lose so cleanly, but hopefully, you know, I guess if even if he picks up another win over Seth Rollins, maybe uh, Robert DeFelice and I've talked about on the SmackDown Post show, maybe he'll start chasing the IC title instead. Maybe he'll win that as a I guess I hate to say a consolation prize, but essentially, yeah, I think that might be kind of a a realistic direction for Cesaro here uh, and a well deserved one. Yeah, you know, eight. A, 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 a title's better than no title, right? I guess that's kind of the the uh, my mentality for this. Um, but just in a more general sense, Sean Smith saying another top-notch pay-per-view by the E, WWE. And like, yeah, I've been saying uh, I did not expect this to be a good show, and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, heading into it, I was like, oh, yeah, we got WrestleMania Backlash. It's, this is like a, a replay of WrestleMania. And then all the matches were very good. Um, 
other than the zombies. That's kind of that's the tagline for the show. It was good other than the zombies, at least for me. And if you like the zombies, like I said, more power to you. Um, but then I was going off what you all are saying in the comments here. We can talk about the the SmackDown tag team title chains where the Mysterios made history by winning the SmackDown tag team titles. Ray and Dominic. Uh, I thought this was a very story driven match, and I it was a cliched story where you see where we saw uh, Dominic got attacked backstage by the Dirty Dogs, the champions. Uh, or I think that was on the kickoff show. And then, uh, you know, Ray was like, all right, son, you know, you're hurt. I'm going to go out there and do this myself. Ray, everybody, was dressed like like retro Batman. And as a comic book fan, I love that. Ray, he, he does that, you know, if not frequently. He's done it before. He's dressed like the Joker, WrestleMania. He's dressed, he's dressed like Batman before. But this was cool. Like, it was a, it was a new, like, retro Batman outfit. And I, I kid you not, when I saw him, you know, coming out there in the Batman gear after Dominic had been hurt, I was like, Ray's winning this one, you know, superheroes defy the odds, Ray's dressed like Batman, connecting the dots, I'm like, Ray's gonna win, obviously, and I tweeted that, like, kind of half kidding, but then I was like, I actually thought, like, that. The, there, there was some, so there's some logic to be found there, uh, I will say, one big, one big missed opportunity uh, was that Dominic was dressed like the Joker, and I, I respect that, that, like, so there was some, uh, you know, connection with Batman and the Joker, but, like, they're tagging partners, it's father and son, why not dress like Batman and Robin? And like, I could see how some people think that'd be a little lame, but I thought that'd be, that'd be kind of fun. Cause then at the end of the day, Ray was trying to hold his own and he was fighting the dirty dogs. And I, the, the in-ring action was good. I like the story they were telling where Ray like kept, kept, kept rallying, kept fighting. And then uh, Dominic came down and kind of limited the ringside to help his dad out. And then rather than having, you know, the, your, you know, kind of predictable like oh dominic comes in and instantly kind of clears house and wins no like the, the dirty dogs beat him down and the match was still a couple minutes after that and finally the mysterios gained the upper hand uh, and uh, dominic pinned robert rude which is a big big win for him so the uh, ray and dominic are the new smackdown tag team champions now a lot of people thought this is just a, a transitional thing so uh because we have the usos right even we're not quite sure uh where the usos are heading on smackdown but the safe money is that sooner and later they will be teaming up together again, winning tag team titles again. So uh, this may have been kind of a, you know, just a, a stepping stone to get from, you know, Dirty Dogs, heel champions to uh, face champions in the series to potentially uh, a heel team champion again with the the Usos. That might be something, there might be something to that. Um, and yeah, Nesker is saying, there, this was a little predictable. I think that's what you're saying here in the comments, saying that uh, you knew Dom would, like, would show up during the match. And I it was predictable, like, you know, I, I didn't really think this would actually be a handicap match in a way I had an issue with it where like, if you're going to like start the match without Dominic out there, like, shouldn't it kind of be te technically considered a handicap match? Like, I don't know. Sometimes it's easy to overthink things, but uh, I thought they, the story they told was well done. Even if it was a little cliched, um, I did enjoy it a lot. So, you know, I, I, I recommend all four performers. I think Dominic looked great. I, I gave him a, a hard time. I gave him and, and the creative team a hard time on Friday night, uh, you know, really criticizing the baby champ thing, but baby champ redeemed himself, you know, it was a good match. And hopefully this isn't just, this isn't purely a transitional thing. Uh, you know, I like to see them get a nice round with the titles here. Uh, and that really just depends on what the, I think that depends on what the plan is for the Usos. If, if the plan is to have G, uh, Jimmy potentially challenge Roman, then there, there could be a nice run here uh, in store from the Stereos, especially given the kind of relative lack of depth in the SmackDown tag division. Uh, one thing I kind of did wonder as Sean Smith saying in the comments, he's asking how long before Dominic turns heel against his father. I mean, as I, I said a minute ago, I was like, Oh, they should have had Dominic dressed like Robin, you know, Kent, the, the, the sidekick to his father, but maybe just maybe they're teasing 
a, a future heel turn by having Dominic uh, dress up like the Joker, Batman's classic villain. Um, maybe there's, there's something to that as well. I think that this is something that odd people have been wondering for a while now, where you know Dominic will pro could probably turn on Ray at some point. You know, a natural kind of father son thing there, not wanting to be in Ray's shadow. They, they, that seems like a, a story that could happen that wouldn't be too hard to kind of uh, throw together. Um, so I'd be curious to see that. And uh, I I've overall thought this was a very fun match, you know, for, for the Mysterios. I, I was happy to see them make history, even if you weren't like fully on board with them winning. Uh, I thought, you know, it was well-deserved, you know, just if you, at this point, it's like, if you have a father and son, like Ray and Dominic, Ray, Ray, this living legend, why not reward him? Let him team of the son win the titles. I think it was very fun. Uh, and as Nestor Chris saying, Ray always has great gear. Yes, Ray always has great gear and it's very good. And at this point, I'm going to welcome in Dominic D'Angelo uh, to talk about the rest of the carpet backlash and just the news of the day. Dominic, how are you doing today? Hey, Colin. Good. Thanks for having me, man. It's uh, <laughs> what a weekend to have us <laughs> like a quite the main event for uh backlash too i know i'm sure you already talked about it but um, i did not actually i've been oh really oh okay yeah <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah uh i've talked i've talked about everything but the, the the world title match is really at this point so we can just run through those real quick but uh, if we, if you want to start with that we're going to start with, uh, with the with the wwe championship match uh with this one was fun we had brunch were you talking about that or the smackdown side oh i was talking about the smackdown one but um no, I, we I can, can talk, talk about, about that. Do you want to share? Do you want to share your thoughts on that real quick? Um, the the one between Strowman, uh, Drew, and uh, and uh, Bobby Lashley is that the one you're? No, I just, we were just talking about the Roman ones. So, uh, we can do that and then transition into Raw. Okay, yeah, let's do that then. Yeah. Okay. What do you What do you think about the Roman Reigns uh, def uh, successful defense here? I thought it was good. You know, uh, it's funny because um, I didn't watch Backlash live or anything like that. I was actually watching. Uh, Inglorious Bastards, uh, the Quentin Tarantino movie. And so uh, it made me think about it. And like uh, Roman Reigns has been on such an amazing run and like as a heel too. And uh, it got me thinking about the heel in Glorious and Inglorious Bastards. A lot of people would think like it's Hitler. And uh, yeah, he's like the, the biggest heel ever. Right. But uh, the big top heel in it was Christoph Waltz. And like he overseeded like a lot of his scenes and everything were were the catalyst for what how great of a movie it was and like you had all these big name actors into it into it particularly brad pitt but like even he so like making that comparison to roman reigns and the the like how he was able to carry a match and uh the run that he's been on and then have these adversaries like someone like Cesaro come in who people are really behind and rooting for. And obviously like people are rooting for people to unseat Hitler in this movie and everything to see Cesaro come into that mix and be like somebody that, okay, I'm, I'm punching back and I'm going at this. This is something that the fans want. They're all behind him and Roman Reigns takes it away from him. And uh, obviously there's certain aspects that uh, you can make be like, well, it's, uh, Cesaro needs his time and he's needed his time for years on end. I would, argue and i think many would argue that too but roman reigns uh to beat him the way he did i think is fine and then um i just don't know about the carrying on the feud with rollins i don't know how do you feel about that air call i mean i i think it's a kind of a weird way to it was both a weird way to end the show because we they have been feuding and it seemed like they had wrapped it up uh and it did feel kind of like out of the blue like that mm -hmm. um and I, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but at the same time, it doesn't because Cesaro beat Rollins twice. So, you know, Rollins doesn't really have a leg to stand on, like, you know, other than just being mad that he lost, like, that 
there's nothing to really like logically go off of like you know he's got like no real i don't know like it felt it did feel weird to kind of end the show like that yeah um, like you know i said a couple minutes ago i thought they would do something with the usos if they're going to do this post-match angle and then having rollins come in and attack cesaro like i i thought for a second they were going to have uh, rollins turn face and like confront uh roman reigns that would be cool yeah i'll be i'll be out of the blue mm-hmm. um but then having this this kind of you know run, running back this feud we've already kind of wrapped up did feel a little a little odd you know i don't i'm i'm, I'm not gonna like completely you know may uh, give my verdict on it until friday to, presumably to see what happens with it um but then like did you guys say in the comments saying he's done with rollins and Cesaro? rollins needs to quit moving and move on yeah i mean you know this feud yeah. it felt like it had been put to bed and now we're still go- still rolling with it so um yeah I, I do i think that's more where i stand with it and i like i said a couple minutes ago when you have like two great wrestlers it's hard to complain too much it's going to be a great match but from a storytelling standpoint like yeah you know there's no real need to keep doing this at this point absolutely and you know with to kind of push back at like even what i said about roman reigns is you know you look at what the wdf had done over the years where it was like okay we have this big cowbell baby face whether it's john cena or hulk hogan or bret hart even and like you have them slay these dragons that come up against them. So like you get like for Hogan, you get like King Kong Bundy, you get earthquake, you get, uh, you name your monster of the week, you know? And, um, this, the roles are reversed here where it's like, okay, well, we're getting these different baby faces going against Roman Reigns. The thing is, is like, it's good to build up Roman Reigns because you want him to be this unstoppable guy. But on the other hand too, it's like, okay, you're, we're waiting for a baby face, a good baby face that you can really get behind, and specifically on SmackDown, because I think, you know, you have Drew McIntyre who who's had a hell of a run as a baby face on Raw. But I mean, like, who's the guy? And like, a lot of people wanted Daniel Bryan to be the guy. A lot of people want, really want Cesaro to be the guy. So um, there's certainly things to that. And yeah, it's to for them to go back to Rollins and Cesaro again it kind of indicates like, do they know where they're going with this at all? Like, is that going to be like the payoff to that? We've already seen, we've already been there, done that. So right. uh, yeah, I'm not as behind as it too with you. I'm on with, I'm with you on that too, Colin. It's just like, yeah. it's just weird. You know, and I, I hate to like agree in the sense of that, like it feels like SmackDown didn't, with this direction, like it, there's this worry that they don't know where they're going. Like I, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because of how strong the, the Roman stuff has been for months and it's been a, a good show, but then something like this, it does pretty darn question would be like, you know, it's a weird way to end this pay-per-view and kind of like transition into, uh, you know, next month and beyond, you know, just kind of leave that as the, the show closing angle. You know, I thought it wouldn't be fine if they were just going to have Cesar lose like that, just have rain stand tall and like move on kind of on to the next one i guess but then having that be this supposedly you know sign of what's to come with cesaro and rollins like that didn't really you know i thought it was a little unnecessary i guess well because even that too colin if they end it like cesaro loses and then that's it fans are still going to be like wow that was a great match okay but what's next for cesaro because that was really good he put on a great performance and that kind of thing so there's some intrigue still there but when you go back to the well of okay rollins is coming in all right, well, do I really want to tune into this again? Like, this is old old hat at this point. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's certainly, you know, it's it's what a great matchup, but also 
it's a head scratching too. It is. <laughs> and I, I tweeted about it like very, as it was happening that uh, Cesaro was getting the, like the, the 2020, the, the, the June, 2020, uh, Alistair black treatment is going to like beating the crap out of him literally like on-screen burial and i hate to say that because he, he was booked so strongly uh he was really like you know the the the, the top baby face on smackdown and then boom like in one night he loses he loses clean and that's fine but at the same time you know then he's like getting you know kind of gratuitously beaten up after the fact it's like all right yeah you know? and i i say that also to segue into a comedy from dj Garcia saying uh he looks at uh, alistair black to be the guy that beats reigns we are a long way from that i like alistair black i think he's great but right now he's talking about his daddy issues. I don't know what's going on with him. What? <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> he's talking about like the tales of the dark father and like talking about how bad his dad was. And like, no one knows what, what he's talking about. Clearly he's not a baby face. Like this is not a hero. Um, so like, and if you want to say maybe like a year from now, if they manage to build him back up and he turns face, like I could see it. But where yeah. we're sitting right now, like we are a long way from that. Because right now, as much as I like him, I don't know where this thing is going. I don't know what he's talking about with the the tales of the Dark Father. Uh, as, as good as the promos have been, like it, it, that, like the Roman Reigns stuff is a far cry away from like you know the that kind of stuff right now. Um, I'd be curious, I I do want to like know where that's going because I they they I was worried that Black would be one of the people that got fired and now no, right. he's back. So I'm glad to see that, but I don't know uh, where they're going with him. And I, I do want to know what, what's next for him. And I hope it's something good because he deserves it. But uh, one one of the big take, like the big stories last night was the triple threat match for the WWE title was Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. This match was a lot of fun. You can joke about big men slapping meat. It was a lot. It was there's a lot of beef in there. Like these three big dudes is doing you know doing their thing, and like. On paper, yeah, the match, you know, the storyline heading, heading into it wasn't great where, you know, Braun stood tall on the go-home show. You knew he was going to lose. That's fine. But then these all three guys, they went out there. They did great. Uh, they really made me suspend my disbelief when they had, I think, Drew through Bobby through the entrance stage and, like, it sparked. I thought they're kind of writing Bobby off to kind of set up Drew winning potentially. Um, so that was, that was, uh, it was, it was a very well, like a well-written match in that sense, where it's like, they was kind of, it told this good story, made it doubt the outcome, which is what I ask for in any match. Like for a time, match, I want to feel like, even if I think I know what's going to happen, I want to be, I want to second, second guess myself. So, uh, and, and that's Nesha Kerr saying, she thinks that, uh, at one point it looked like Braun could win. And I really didn't think going into the match that would be the case. But at one point I was like, Hey, Braun might pull this off. You know, all three guys were present, presented very strongly. Braun did a cannonball. This massive man, this was like out there uh it was pretty crazy uh but then bobby lashley won like and to me the fact they won here really like shows that the company believes in him he is like a legitimate champion on raw and while roman Re roman reigns gets all the credit for being like the big star bobby lashley is a great champion he's doing great stuff on raw uh and now it feels like his path forward at least on paper feels a little obvious in a good way like we'll talk about it in a minute but they announced that hell in a cell will now be in june so pretty it seems pretty clear that lashley will face mcintyre one more time in hell in a cell to wrap that feud up uh and then reportedly money in the bank will be in july supposedly with fans so then some people at least speculating that brock lesnar could be coming back for this big match with the fans back with Bo with bobby lashley if it's not at money in the bank then at SummerSlam. Uh, as this big uh, marquee match to, 
you know, to really excite the fans, to bring them into the stadium, to get, you know, to really celebrate the return fans, all that stuff. The same thing we were saying about WrestleMania, uh, to do that as this, you know, big, the, this big SummerSlam match. And that feels like a pretty good direction. Um, and for me, even though, you know, we're just saying with uh, Cesaro and Rollins, you know, Bobby and Drew have been feuding for a while now. It feels like with it, we have kind of run out of steam with it. But I, I'd be okay if we get one more match with it. The, I feel like these two, guys, these two could really have a good Hell in a Cell match. Um, and that, that is purely speculation, I'll, I'll admit. None of that's been confirmed. None of that is that is just my I, how I see things going. We do know Hell in a Cell will be next month. And because uh, Drew did not get pinned last night, I feel like it's a logical prediction to have to say he'll probably want one more shot to get back his title what what do you think even i know you mentioned you didn't really watch the show but at least uh, knowing lashley won and kind of these uh moving parts here what do you think is really next for lashley here um yeah i think you're uh, i think you're on point with that i think it's going to be bobby and and drew at hell in a cell and i think that's a fine match like um i think a big part of the you know them being able like having these matches that they, they have the capability of working so well with one another and they've shown that. And so uh, to have it in a hell in a cell, I think it's the way to roll. And, um, you know, I think uh, our editor bill mentioned this on Twitter or something that uh, it's good that they didn't, it's not like formulaic in regards to how the scheduling is for uh, hell in a cell. Like it's usually what October. Yep. So it's like, and, and that's been a huge problem with WWE, like, with these uh, uh, themed pay-per-views like every year. Okay. It's money in the bank time. It's this time. It's that time. And then they build a storyline around that rather than having the storyline flow into, Hey, Oh God, we're going to get a hell in a cell, you know? Um, so I I'm all for it. This is like an appropriate uh, feud to have in a hell in a cell. Um, and um, I'm just curious and that's to your point too. I think it's, it's great. Like WWE is pretty as, you know, kind of overall predictable. It is what they do in the match is make it unpredictable. To right. See, like, okay, right. whoa, I did. They, this guy does have a shot or this gal does have a shot. Like this is, you know, and so that is something I do got to give them credit for is being able to do that and uh, keeping the, uh, us engaged as viewers in the match. It's just ultimately like, okay, when it settles down, you're like, okay, what's next? And they don't really know. It seems a lot of the time either. So, uh, but with this, yes, it seems like a solid uh, storyline. And I think it's a good way to finish it off, whether Drew wins or loses. Um, I think it's a good way. It's a, this is a blow off match as it should be as a hell in a cell. So I think that's yeah. what we're going to get there. So, yeah. And I, I would expect Lashley to win, but at the same time, there's something to be said for, you know, Drew lost the title last year in a hell in a cell match. So that, in one way, that'd be a kind of a, a full circle moment. But then I'm like, uh, if he wins, then you would assume Lash will get another rematch. And then I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing at this point. Uh, whereas a Lashley win, you know, could really just kind of, you know, put that feud to bed. And then in, in my mind, maybe then Drew moves on to a feud of uh, Ginger Mahal. You know, the Ginger Mahal is back on Raw. That could be a kind of a true, you know, yeah, a, a good direction for him as well. So uh, I'm very excited to see. Uh, I, I would assume we are going to get the silent sound match. I think that is pretty darn likely at this point. So I think that'd be a good way to kind of, um, you know, transition and, and wrap this up officially. You know, I mean, helmet matches are fun. These two guys are very physical. I think it'll be a good match. And like you said, just a good way to really, you know, pivot from this thing with Strowman. And I'm not sure where, what he's going to do after this. Cause you know, if, if Drew's going to get this shot, then that leaves him kind of out in the cold, but I'm sure they've got something for him. Uh, and then we'll, you know, 
hey, if, if Brock Lesnar comes back, that like I said, that is a very big uh, SummerSlam match. So, but I, I definitely agree just to touch on it again. I, I think it's great to kind of shake up the, the pay per view calendar because that had been predictable, pretty kind of you know, set. Whereas, uh, and that, that it was a problem, right? Where, where it was right. Hell in a Cell, TLC, all these pay per views that are like, you know, the, the storylines are, like you said, uh, uh, you know, oriented around the show rather than the other way around. Like, if, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily, if, I don't know. I, I I do agree that like yes, they announced Hell in a Cell will be next month, but then like you know, there's already that clear like reason to have McIntyre and Lashley in Hell in a Cell. Whereas right. like, but when you know Hell in a Cell is coming up, any like months like, months in the future, it's and then 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 it's already here. It is a little different. So uh, I like it. I think um, it it opens up possibilities for later in the year because now you wonder what's going to be in October. Could they do King of the Ring? Could they do? Hey, maybe evolution too. I do wonder um, what the kind of not not consequence, but kind of what 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 the effect of this will be on the rest of the calendar year. Even even when you have some staples like SummerSlam Survivor Series, it does offer some possibility for some change. So I think that is a very good thing. Um, and just to kind of touch on the, the the rest of the card, kind of or just in a similar way, you know, we saw this triple threat match with Ray Ripley, Charlotte Flair, and Asuka. This was a very good match, a great way to open the show. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and kind of the, in the same way, Asuka, you know, she stood tall on the go home show. The, the, the formula dictates, all right, she's probably not going to win. But because Dami said it perfectly, the match might be predictable. But what happens in the match is done is done so well that, you know, it does make it, it makes it unpredictable. So, yeah, even, yeah. even at the end, I thought Asuka might be able to pull it off. Like, and I was like, wow, this, you know, I, I would be, uh, you know, eat, eating my words because I was like, oh, there's no way Asuka's going to win this one. And then. It looked like there's a chance, and then uh, very much like the the men's side of things, maybe even a little too much like it. Uh, Charlotte Flair didn't get pinned. Ray Ripley, Ripley won. Now I've got Helena Sal next month. Those two have a lot of history. You know, kind of easy to see the 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 chain of uh, events that could lead to a Helena Sal match there. Very similarly, I think that'll be a good match. I think that's a good story. Uh, and then I. I, I, I said it before the show. I feel like you, you can never count out Charlotte, Charlotte winning the title. So then if Charlotte wins that match, then we might get more of that feud. But at the very least with that one, even though Hell in a Cell is still about a month away, you know, it's not. it would be different if they were trying to you know continue this feud of Asuka because that is clearly like done for. Ray has pinned her like I think three times now. So, Several times. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. hopefully uh, they can treat Asuka better and do do right by her. Um, maybe ship her to SmackDown, give her a bit of a reset because her raw career has not been working out lately, even though she was a champion, just not a, not a very good run through no fault of her own. Um, so in, in my mind, the road to hell in a cell is pretty exciting. Um, uh, assuming we get, you know, Bobby and drew, uh, Charlotte and Ray Ripley. Um, uh, and then even on SmackDown, I'm kind of thinking we might get Roman and Jimmy. I think that could be pretty darn cool. So yeah. they, they, they have a chance to really make hell in a cell a very fun show. And, if it so happens, kind of the uh, the swan song of the of the Thunderdome era, uh, and uh, ahead of the potential return of fans, I think that could be pretty fun. So, uh, as I said at the top of the show, uh, this 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 pay per view was a lot better than it had any right to be. Uh, it was a very predictable card. The, the all the matches had some uh, some storytelling problem, whether it was predictability or the fact that Bailey hadn't wrestled in a singles match since February. Uh, crazy yeah it's very crazy and then the, the she wrestled in two tag team matches that she lost so yeah they were giving her this title match like stuff like that you know i'm sitting here like all right i don't think this is going to be this great match 
uh, or sorry, a great event, you know, when they've got all these problems. But yet again, I was wrong because all the matches over delivered and they were very good and I enjoyed it a lot. So, uh, like I said, I'm I'm pretty darn excited, uh, at least from a from a fantasy booking standpoint. You know, Hell in a Cell looks like it could be pretty darn fun. And then, you know, uh, the, then you've got Money in the Bank uh, and SummerSlam. So uh, things are quickly shaping up here, even though a couple weeks ago it felt like we we're kind of in a bit of a lull, a bit of a lull. So I'm pretty excited. I don't know. what uh, Would you agree? I, you know what? It's, I think the shakeup of pay per views, the potential, like there's a lot of elements coming to play because typically with WWE, it's like you get that post WrestleMania hangover and um, there comes a time where it's like, okay, this is kind of the down period. But, uh, and I think they were, to your point, I think heading in that direction, it kind of felt like, okay, what is next? What's going on here? But, you know, they created a lot of intrigue with that Jimmy Uso angle. And then, um, the fact that they did heat up Cesaro, even albeit briefly, might maybe, but they heated him up to the top of the card. I think creates some intrigue. I think it's pretty darn cool that the and I I tuned in as as you were talking about it, but uh, Dominic Mysterio and uh, Rey Mysterio becoming the tag team champs. I think that adds a, a neat little element. Plus, yeah, Charlotte coming back, having a new look, um, everything like that. Not only that, but you have hey this. Uh, this not that the pandemic's done but it's like we're we're seeing the, the the horizon ahead i think that creates a lot of optimism plus hell it's summer uh it's nearing summer the weather's changing getting nicer a lot of different factors coming into play for WWE, where i think there does create this optimism and looking forward to to what's what's to come next and plus the the aspect of live fans getting back into the mix i think there there's a lot to kind of not just in a WWE perspective obviously but from a you know uh world and global perspective maybe and i think that kind of helps uh helps them kind of motivate and move move things a little forward too i think uh there's a lot to kind of kind of uh tip the cap there too in a lot of ways so yeah and yeah. as a nat- as a natural segue you know there's a lot of you know things to uh the, the, these real world things that are kind of converging on wrestling you know, we, you know the pandemic and the return of live fans and all these things and you know some semblance of normalcy coming back and today uh i guess we have pretty much two announcements uh, kind of sim- not simultaneously but you know in, in short order uh, first of all uh, I, I do a lot of ring ring rounder coverage ring of honor will be coming back uh, with live fans in july with its best in the world pay-per-view july 11th uh, that's on a sunday uh, which they never do which is pretty crazy oh you know, wow a, yeah they'll be doing a sunday pay-per-view uh, but they're going to be uh, having fans back for the first time since february 2020 that, that's very exciting so that's that's cool for them uh and to be able to bring fans back and then just this kind of convergence where Dom, I, I know you do mlw coverage so then mlw fans will be back on i think what's that like july, july 10th uh in philadelphia that's uh, so ironically the the day before that, so that's kind of cool, right? <laughs> the big weekend there for wrestling. Holy smokes, um, you're right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and I I've I keep thinking, you know, MLW man, like they are doing some cool stuff. They've got the they've got an, a, a draft now that I'm very uh, that's starting this week. Very curiously happens there. They've got uh, El Jefe uh, and yeah. they've got Aztec Underground. They're doing a lot of fun stuff, uh, and I'm very I, I think it's a very fun time for them. Um, and we're just we're just talking about WWE for MLW. Like they have this like. They've, it seems like they've got a lot of stuff kind of in the pipeline, and they're gonna, they're getting ready to really unload this summer and like really uh, hit hit uh, full speed ahead. And I think that's very fun. And I th- I'll say the same for Ring of Honor, where like they've they've been doing a lot of great stuff, uh, and now uh, you know bring fans back could kind of help kick them in into the even the uh, higher gear. So I think that'll be really cool. And just you know July is something this pr- really big month because then you you combine uh, the report that WWE might be bringing fans back for uh, Money in the Bank in July as well. That's like 
three big companies bring fans back but don't worry AEW has them beat because they're they're bringing fans back full capacity for double three weeks or in a row right <laughs> yeah you know yeah. which is which is this loaded card you've got uh and what's it's really shaping up to be like potentially one of AEW's best shows period They've got uh, Kenny Omega, uh, Orange Cassidy, and Pac. We've it hasn't been confirmed yet, but we've got Stadium Stampede. Dom, I know you do uh, the Dynamite's attitude. So uh, walk me through it here. AEW really is like they're on fire right now, right? Yeah, they're doing a pretty darn good job. Uh, there's uh the aspect of the, with the Pinnacle in the mix, and then yeah, Kenny I think is just on fire. I don't like to Roman's. I would argue is probably the best heel in wrestling right now, but Kenny Omega is his own. It's like one A and one B right there for me, because I think Kenny's Marcus. And I always talk about it on two dynamite dudes. He's like this coked out, like guy that's just hit with stardom and is just oblivious to anybody else's feelings, emotions or anything like that. But he's just on this on trail, but he's super amazing in wrestling and in the ring. So it's like, he's like one of the best in the world. So I, the, the unique persona that him and, Don Callis have been getting across as this elite. And then you add the young bucks in the mix as these smarmy, you know, dickish guys that like take digs at all the fans now and like, like troll Twitter constantly and stuff like that. I think creates this really, really cool, fresh kind of thing. Plus you have these uh, fresh new uh, badass kind of baby faces in the inner circle too, where that's getting mixed up. Now, Marcus and I did talk about a little, we weren't the biggest fans of like the bubbly bath hose thing that happened. Yeah. But um, I think the the intrigue's still there for Stadium Stampede, where it's like, okay, sure. this is going to be like a serious one because last year it was a you know comedic, it was fun, but and it was different. But like, how's this going to go down now? With when like you know it's going to be a brawl that you're not going to see you know somebody reanimate in a hot tub or in a pool <laughs> swing pool, you know, or come out of an ice box. It's going to be something a little bit more intense. Yeah. So uh, I think there's a lot to that. That yet. Yeah, and plus Darby Allen just finishing off his huge streak uh, as TNT champion. You have Miro as this fresh, fresh, you know, guy that's uh, re redefined and has a purpose. And uh, so there's a lot to kind of, I could, I could probably go on for sure, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, AEW, it's, it's neat. It's cool that, you know, uh, all this stuff is kind of converging all at once. It makes sense because the pandemic's kind of like settling down, but it's like, yeah, you have ROH now, you got MLW, you got all these companies, promotions kind of like getting their, making their niche somewhere, you know, in uh, back in the world. And it's pretty, pretty cool to see. So uh, very, a lot of neat stuff to look forward to when it comes to wrestling right now. Yeah, there really is. And I, I'll admit, like I, my, my AW viewership had been sporadic uh, before April. And really that was just kind of a, an extension of, work like i wasn't if i wasn't working right wednesday nights i i wasn't watching aw live i, I that's the same thing with me you know, like with yeah. the wwe i'm like okay i kind of have the night off i've watched wrestling <laughs> all this week i'm gonna take right. all the breaks <laughs> exactly yeah uh, but no now now i'm watching it every, every single week and i am blown away like i i would watch it sporadically i'd watch it on replay so i wouldn't get to, get to really see it live now watching it live you know i'm seeing what all the hype's about and now you know we got um, miro's been established as this awesome like powerhouse uh kenny Omega's doing great things the bucks all these things uh and we're getting some comments wondering you know we've seen how good kenny omega has been or i should say how great kenny omega has been you know it's hard to wonder or it's hard to see 
who could beat him like who could uh, dethrone him uh, for the title and i like, actually i can't even say title i should say titles because he's yeah. the belt collector like, yeah he's, he's, he's gonna defend the impact title against moose next month uh and now he's got this match of double or nothing i'm gonna assume he's gonna win that one but you know i see him holding the belt for a while um for me i think the most logical direction uh as the, as kind of an end game for this kenny omega run of dominance would be uh hangman page i think that's kind of the the best play from a storytelling perspective maybe at like full gear you know to really kind of draw that out and build it up like that uh i don't know if you agree or if you think someone else might be a better choice well kind of what's cool about that i i'm with you i think hangman would be the ultimate one of the ultimates but i think there's also that intrigue that we didn't even talk about was like hey all these free agents that are kind of out there too like yeah guys like samoa joe or you have uh daniel bryan now not necessarily like that that's gonna happen but you know you know how wrestling fans are it's just yep. like hey oh if there's the possibility if there's a chance you know it's gonna get talked about and it's been getting talked about so like we marcus and i made our own hypotheticals like uh what hey samoa joe coming back and, and battling kenny omega that would be awesome yeah uh, daniel bryan yeah. coming back and like we even came up with this hypothetical like what if he started collecting belts around you know the, the world and then it's like they converge on one another yeah like that not that that's going to happen but the, the possibility that that could happen it also also creates a lot of you know hyped up and hey that could kind of let fans down certain ways but you if aw sticks to what they do and stay their course so if they are if their plan is ultimately hangman page then stay the course on that and then um see it to it till its end unless you know something crazy really does happen then maybe if you can make some adjustments but hey at this moment in time if that's your plan stick with that plan because i think hangman yeah is as evidently shown that he's capable of doing it and i think um while i like him buddies up with uh, dark order and everything like that uh I think it cre- it kind of humanizes him more as more as like this guy that we can relate to and like, Hey, that's a cool guy that's hanging out with these guys that are like, all like kind of fawning over him and stuff. It's kind of a neat little aspect, but ultimately you do want to see him like, okay, like when it comes to crunch time, he's going to kick some ass. And so yeah. I think they've kind of built that in a pretty decent way uh, overall, I think with Hangman, um, we don't see him that often, but Hey, when we do, it's kind of a, kind of a neat aspect. So yeah, yeah. Hangman would be a good one. I think to call. And there are a lot of possibilities and it, like part of those you're saying at the free agents and like that's why yeah it might lead to some disappointment when like in our in our minds are like oh i really want to see samoa joe you know win the title or or whatever it may be and like obviously aw presumably has a plan and while free agency can kind of shake that up or present more uh alternatives or possibilities that are worth considering you know i, I would agree if if they have a plan uh, that they're happy with that they're you know confident with they should stick with it um so I, I but that, that that's another reason why it's so exciting when you've got all these free agents and you know July, I think it's like July seventeenth, right around uh, Slam anniversary time. Not so coincidentally, uh, the those uh, non competes are up. So presumably we'll see some of these free agents starting to pop up here and there. Um, if, if even if not all, if if it's not all of them, I would assume some. You know, so that uh, this kind of reshuffling of the deck in some ways. When you've got guys like Samoa Joe, you know, who, who knows where he's going to go. Uh, it's definitely a very exciting time to uh, wonder. Uh, for me, I like to see him either in AEW or Impact. I think either one would be really cool. Um, and that's what Nezha Kirsten in the comments want, wants to see him go, to go to Impact. And I think that'd be a lot of fun. But hey, one, with this collaboration with AEW and Impact, you go to one kind of go to the other two right so, like even know. even if like aw signs them signs him he could be like 
the impact guy yeah. for a while and be like, Oh, Hey, that's Samoa Joe's back in his old stomping grounds and kicking some ass. And, you know, he topped Kenny Omega off from taking that title from Kenny, um, which I think would be a way better payoff than like having Moose beat. I I hope that doesn't happen. I hope Moose isn't the one to, to unseat Kenny. I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, if Kenny unseats Moose, like he Moose said his contracts up in June. Right. So, I mean, if Kenny beats him and then Moose goes away, I'm okay with that. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, Moose is very talented, so I'm sure he that... is. He's, he's very talented in the ring. I just, I think they've pushed him so many times, and like, it's he's somebody that I just don't think is engaging to. He's got the look yeah. for, uh, you know, mass media appeal, but uh, the persona is just not there for me, and um, I don't think it's gonna. He he would transition over in a very well way. Whereas like, you have these other stars you can establish, whether it's Chris Bay or um oh gosh like e- e- i was oh, making a hard case for james storm but they got him like you know out of the equation from a storyline standpoint but you guys but you have these new talents too that you got in that you can really really establish if you really want to like w morrissey or um brian myers or yep. matt cardona who like if you position them right and you get them oh and trey miguel too it's just like you have these guys that can really put on a showcase. And um, I think those are really who you should tie your wagon to rather than somebody that's you've tried to establish before. And just, it's kind of has not, you know, caught a lot of fire. So that's fair. Um, and I, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, and I think that's kind of generally true, especially, and like uh, I'll say at the same time, that's kind of like the opposite is true for AW where in a lot of ways, like it's so tempting to say they should bring in this person, that person and push them to the top. Yeah. They're like uh a victim of their own success where they've got this loaded roster in a lot of ways, like, you know, half of these people like haven't even gotten that shot yet. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. So then you imagine, you know, bringing in Samojo or whoever it may be that like pushes someone else down that, ha- that very well might deserve that shot. You know, that there is something uh, there and that's why there, there's so much unpredictability. Cause I would imagine that like, that might be a factor in, in some people deciding where to go. They might say, Oh, I don't want to go there. You know, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to get that shot right away you know and for for impact we're seeing that with like you said macrodona brian myers uh, morrissey all these people uh and yeah at the same time you know if if someone has gotten that shot and hasn't worked out then yeah it makes perfect sense to push somebody new as well um but i do want to pick your brain about something here because right before this show i wrote up uh being in the elite today uh christopher daniels uh considered his retirement and he delivered this really emotional message uh talking about a dusty Rhodes promo he, he started crying uh, he's and he it hit me, man. Like this, the man fell to his like fell to the ground and uh, through tears, he said, "I don't want to go Canada, stay a little longer." And then he walked out the door. Man, like Christopher Daniels, fifty one. I think I, I I looked it up. Fifty one years old, been wrestling since nineteen ninety three, which is it's been that. I didn't know it was since ninety three. I believe so. At least in in, in a, like a independent uh, circuit kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, nonetheless. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Long time, obviously. Uh, and, you know, now SCU has broken up. And so naturally, with this, you know, a big shift in his career, you know, it, it's fair to wonder, like, could he be retiring? Or is this, or is he kind of just playing with the heartstrings? Like, what what do you make of this for Christopher Daniels? So uh, Marcus and I talked about this uh, on Friday, too. And, uh, oh, Saturday, sorry. But uh, I thought, I think, you know, he's going to go away for a while. I don't think he's done. I think he'll come back at least for another match or maybe even a couple here and there, like just show up and do something. Cause I could imagine like 
and I said, if the storyline warrants it, he should come back and have a match. Like, and it, obviously if he's capable of doing it, which he, at this point he is, he shows he's able to. So, I mean, like if, you know, something happens with an elite member where it's just like, Kenny goes on a tear or say like, this is just thrown off the top of my head. He, Frankie goes and chat challenges uh, Kenny for the title and Kenny beats Frankie real, real bad or some, something like that happens. And then, you know, Christopher Daniels be like, okay, I'm sick of that crap. I'm coming after you. Or like you get somebody like Daniel Bryan shows up <laughs> another thing. And he's like, Hey, I go, you know, <laughs> Daniel Bryan goes on this tear or like, you know, makes his starts making waves. And Christopher Daniels is like, you know what? I was retired, but I want a piece of you. Something like that could be really cool. Um, Marcus really liked how it ended for Daniels. Like as, cause it was like, you just, he ended in like this bloody heap. It was yeah. like, so like significant. And like, it meaned like just to see him like in the damage that he took and everything like that was like, he was like, that's how you should go out. He's like, I, I almost don't want to see Daniels wrestle again because it's like, that's almost a really, really great and significant way to go out, out like that. So, um, he thinks he's done. I kind of think there's probably a little bit more for Daniels to do uh, from an in-ring perspective. Obviously, he does tremendous work backstage and behind the scenes. He's been a yeah. huge, huge impact there. So, uh, what do you think, Colin? I don't know. Like this, this uh, if if he's not done, this was a very convincing promo because he really brought the emotion. He was crying. <laughs> yeah. his, vo- his voice was choked up. So, like you know, he really. Uh, Man, and like for me, you know, I I watched TNA back in the day, so this is a guy that you know I kind of grew up watching in a different way, not in the necessarily a WWE sense where like it was literally like my childhood. But I, I remember you know Fortune and Daniels and Kazari and all these things. Uh, so then you know, and I've I've seen him throughout his AEW run. So like it's hard to imagine this, and uh, kind of uh, he's been wrestling so long, it's hard to imagine him hanging it up just like that. Uh, so in in a way, I guess I I, sh- I selfishly hope that there is more. Uh, in the comments, DJ, DJ Cassier saying that Daniels has a big uh, match on the Indies against Lance Archer next month. Um, so maybe, maybe, maybe there's something to what you're saying where he might go away for a bit, and then they'll do they'll, they'll do maybe one last ride for him, uh, and you know, kind of give him a swan song, whatever it may be. You know, so he's not necessarily going out uh, with this. You know, really, that would be kind of cool loss. too if he aligns with somebody like a Lance Archer, where it's like. Um... You know, Marcus and I pitched the hypothetical like Jake is great as a manager for Archer, but obviously uh, Archer's leaning towards babyface, and I think Jake fits more of a role of a heel. So, like, if it comes down to it, Archer and Jay- Archer goes up against um, maybe Miro for a double or nothing or something, and then boom, like a fast one gets pulled on Archer. But then you get almost Daniels in like this player coach managerial role for uh, Archer, where there's like this weird alliance that would be kind of cool. Like, oh, and it wouldn't, wouldn't put him into the position of having to wrestle all the time, but Hey, if it warrants it, boom, put him in the mix and, and get him up there. But like, yeah, I think something like, I mean, obviously that's just like, you know, fantasy booking there in, in a lot of yeah. ways, but you know, there's, there's all I could do with him though. Yeah. 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 So, you know, for, and you know, just go off of this comment from DJ Gassier, you know, Archer could be the one that beats Kenny Omega. Um, based on the way he's been presented, he's, he's kind of mixed it up with sting here and there. Uh, and then, you know, but if if that doesn't necessarily work out, I, I do like the idea of uh, pairing him with uh, Daniels. I think there's there could be something there. I like that way to kind of uh, extend Daniels' career potentially by having him uh, as this. I like I like that that player coach comparison there. Um, so I'm that is one thing I'm very curious to see what happens. You know, where uh, he could take a break and then 
if he takes a break, then it's like, well, it can back him, won't he? Like, then it's like, who, who really knows? Because, like, he does have that backstage role. So, obviously, he's not actually going anywhere. But, yeah. you know, whether or not he'll still be a part of the on-screen show is uh, remains to be seen. Um, so that, among all these other things, are, are some some of the, the many reasons why it's it's such a great time to be a fan right now. Whatever company you follow, WWE, AW, MLW, Ring of Honor, whatever it may be, New Japan, everyone's doing great stuff. And just one last little, little nugget here. New Japan announced that they'll be returning with live shows. I think it was uh, May 22nd. They've been, they've been dealing with some uh, pandemic-related issues, uh, and they had, they had to kind of uh, abruptly uh, pause, essentially. Uh, but they'll be coming back uh, you know, pretty quickly, but just they had to kind of do, do the safe thing and uh, you know make sure everything was copacetic like that. But you know, with, with that, along with uh, you know the return of these companies with live fans coming up, you know, just you know what not even two months away uh, a lot a lot of fun stuff and as i as i said all these companies doing great stuff and it's very exciting uh and like i said and whatever company you follow wrestling has you covered you know dom you do the aw the two dynamite dudes of attitude you and marcus do the wcw wcw written which is a lot of fun uh fantasy booking stuff thanks yeah uh, yeah you know lots of great stuff uh, in the present and the past and then uh john clark and i cover raw nxt on monday and tuesdays uh robert d fleece and i cover smackdown on fridays all this great stuff, along with a, a constant stream of interviews coming with you guys. Uh, Bill Pritchard just interviewed Rowan, formerly, you know, yeah. uh, Eric Redbeard. Uh, or I should say, formerly Rowan, now known as Eric Redbeard. Uh, great interview today. That, that is you know, brand spanking new. Make sure to check that out. All these great things constantly available on any number of stream, streaming platforms. Uh, whatever you use, we've got you covered. Whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, make sure to leave a like and subscribe. I would appreciate you for listening and commenting and supporting us always. It means a lot. Uh, and, you know, I guess the, the best way to wrap it up is to say that, you know, the world remains a scary place with everything that's going on. But, you know, no matter what, wrestling is a lot of fun and increasingly so because all these companies are doing great things so no matter what dominic here else we do one thing above all others and what is that is it still the same one is it enjoy for now yeah for now (laughs) (laughs) it's a (laughs) band-aid yep enjoy wrestling there it is (laughs) yep oh i (laughs) said it Thanks for listening, everybody. everybody. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>